Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and with me today to talk Rings of Power, I've got... What, we've got kind of a full house. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan. How you, how you doing, Ryan? I'm, you're not going to insult me you know, or anything? Or... I... <laughs> I thought about it. Sarah even asked me earlier. She's That's like, are the you? insult is he chose not to insult you. <laughs> she said, yeah. uh, she said, are you doing insults? And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if I have it in me for this episode. Um, but the way she said it made me wonder if she was going to be disappointed if I didn't insult her. And that was weird. And so I was like, now I'm determined. I, I'm not going to do it. So hi, Ryan. Hello, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> and over on the couch, we've got uh, Stephanie and Sarah. How are you? Both? Good. Doing well. Sarah, so wait, wait, so that people can know your voices. Sarah, say hello. Hello, this is Sarah. <laughs> and Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie. All right, so there we go. Now everybody knows your lovely voices. We are here to talk Rings of Power. We uh, Today, as we're recording this, or yeah, it's September 3rd. So we've had the Rings of Power, the new Amazon TV show for about 48 hours. It'll be about 72 hours, well, close to 72 hours by the time this episode is released. So, as far as spoilers go, you've had your chance, okay? <laughs> at this point, at this point, yeah, we are going to, we're just going to turn it loose on spoilers and say, I assume you've seen the show. If you care and you haven't watched it yet, go watch it, come back. We already got your download, so I don't care, whatever. <laughs> uh, hey, look, I'm very, I'm a, I'm a kind man. No, I... I I was telling these guys before we got started, I'm actually kind of nervous about this episode just because of how, uh, <clears throat> what's the word, passionate uh, the, <laughs> the lead up has been and the reception has been to the show. It's not been my favorite thing to experience as a, like a general online phenomenon. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rings of Power has not been a, a fun thing to follow uh, mm -hmm. in the lead up. Uh, and that has continued for the last 48 hours now that the show is out it's not been especially fun for me to kind of read the takes partly just because you know maybe ryan this is where i finally get to uh welcome back to the star wars fandom right right this is uh <laughs> this is like ryan with his star wars stuff where i i i think it's a little different it because you have and we've talked about this before with star wars it is um it's <laughs> aesthetically it's very close to an actual religious attachment where you're like i i have faith in this thing and and, and whatever it is i will love it it says star wars on it so i will love it um and you've kind of just made that determination in your life right we, we've talked about this yes and to a certain extent correct right <laughs> for, for good or ill um i think that's that's a fair thing to say it's not quite that way for me with Tolkien, I mean, you know, see as we sit in a room movies, of comma, 80 books, they're all based on. <laughs> no, no, no. My, I was going to say is the, the Hobbit movies. Um, oh, OK. Like I, I, I have a tough time with those because they're bad movies. OK. Um, you haven't decided anything that is Tolkien adjacent or related has your full buy in or something. Right, right, right. So anyway, so I yes, I am. I'm kind of on that continuum with you and star wars but i'm not i'm not quite where you're at with that stuff is that fair so anyway <laughs> i think we're closer than you think but yes. probably probably i it's just it's too much fun to make fun of you i know star wars i know i know so here pull that mic a little bit closer ryan eat that thing no <laughs> so um anyway so yeah i've been a little bit nervous because 
And, and let me start off with a question from Discord. We're going to have a lot of these, okay? But this one came from uh, Little Red Book, who said, should I watch it? That was her question. Should I watch it? Okay, so that it, we're going to answer that throughout the course of this episode. But then there was another, uh, another question from The Solution, who said, I would like some ratings from each of the people discussing it before the discussion starts uh, to see the overall spread of reactions. So I bring that up so that I can kind of get mine out there. And then we've got a, a special way that we're going to do the three of you. This actually fed in perfectly because you and I had a conversation before we recorded about specifically separating our thoughts before we all got together and diluted them. Right. So we did that. Right. And so mine, are, mine will stay kind of separate because I did uh, an hour long um, live stream on mm -hmm. Friday uh, and everybody, I'm going to be doing these on Fridays now for the foreseeable future. Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, I'll be on YouTube uh, discussing various topics. This week it was the Rings of Power. Um, and so it, my thoughts are there. And But I'll tell you, generally speaking, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. I thought it was, uh, thought it was lots of fun. thought it was, uh, you know, obviously really beautiful to see and, um, and all that stuff. And yes, there are lots of things that I would change, and we'll talk about some of those. There are lots of things that I think are brilliant and wonderful, and we can talk about those. Uh, but as a, if you want a, a rating out of 10, I might give it uh, so far a, a 7. Like, I'm, yeah, there's room to improve, but I'm having a great time with it. So there you go. There are my thoughts on it. Now, for the rest of you, Ryan, your idea was to have everybody record their thoughts separately. Yes. Yeah. One of the things that I find very, inter very interesting about the way that we are set up and that we do this is a lot of times we'll we'll watch something, we'll read something, we'll, we'll do whatever. We come in and we get a certain distance into the conversation and our thoughts and everything's already been diluted. And we're like, oh, maybe I feel bad about this. And we don't want to share it the same way because we don't mm. want to feel like an idiot. Mm, like mm -hmm. we have that moment. And I'm like, no, I'm going to put myself on the edge. Like I'm going to throw it all out there at the very beginning and say exactly what I think about it and get it down, which will help me either solidify it or know where I'm coming from as I change my mind through the evening. And it'll also help our people listening to maybe get that reference too. And so I thought it would be a way for us to do something a little bit unique and different. Right, so you and Stephanie recorded uh, two to three minutes of your thoughts mm -hmm. and we will play those. But I wondered if we might wanna start with Sarah. Yes. Um, so that, you know, the whole idea being not not getting into the conversation or, you know, not being yeah. influenced by somebody else's thoughts. So I think we'll start with Sarah. We didn't pre-record ours. Um, I, didn't, I forgot about I it. I didn't receive this assignment ahead of time. This is brand <laughs> new to me. <laughs> Happy to do it. So, yeah. So we're going to start with Sarah. I've got a little timer for you. So we'll make sure you don't go oh, over okay. three minutes. I okay. won't go over three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not going to be a problem for you. That seems like fine. a preview of commentary. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Sarah, go ahead. What are your thoughts on the, the well, I almost called it the Wheel of Time, on the Rings of Power? My thoughts on the Rings of Power uh, summed up this way. It's a vibe. I enjoyed watching it. I liked kind of being in that world. And I didn't come in with expectations uh, to either enjoy it or not enjoy it. I, I don't have a, I've never read The Lord of the Rings. I've read The Silmarillion once as a surprise birthday gift to Craig. I remember nothing about it. Um, and I like the most impact it would have on me, whether I liked the show or not, is just conversation with Craig. So given that, I felt like I could come in <clears throat> pretty open to either liking it or not. I would say my rating is probably around a six or a six and a half. 
enough to keep watching it. But like, I definitely notice the things that I don't like. And at the same time, when I finish an episode, I generally think like, oh yeah, I'm interested in watching the next one. You know, it's not like, oh, I can't wait, but it's, it's, um, you know, positively disposed. Um, I definitely liked the first episode more than the second. I think that's about it for my, for my, uh, you know, summed up thoughts. I have more to say, but that's okay. That's so, how it goes. So Sarah's rating is a six, six and a half. Yeah. Okay. We'll call it a six just to make it simple. Um, Ryan, who do you want to go next? You or Stephanie? What do you think? Uh, well, you're, we're already here on me. So, um, I, well, do, do you want to play your video? We'll just react to your video. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's do your video. Let's roll the video. Okay. Ryan, pull up your video and we're going to roll it right now. <laughs> so I know I'm obviously coming from the place of, I have just finished the Silmarillion, uh, storyline uh, with Craig and Kyle for a little bit. So I have a little bit of lore knowledge, but not a lot. Um, I have familiarity with the Lord of the Rings series and the, the franchise as a whole. Uh, so I probably more than just the average person watching, but less than those who are truly deep and loving, uh, deeply in love with Tolkien's work. So my initial feelings, um, the first episode sat down and admittedly it was a little bit late. It was later in the evening, but that usually isn't a huge problem for me. Um, I was bored. Uh, there's some really great moments at the beginning. I love the, uh, parallel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, having Galadriel give a prologue, uh, having her voice come over. I thought that was a really nice sequence. Um, it was like, oh, cool. This, this brings me back. This is, this is a nice connection. I think there's, there's going to be some, some, you know, homage here. They're not going to go entirely, you know, uh, Peter Jackson's route, but at least there's some, they're going to not be too far. They're not going to just try and be like, this is an entirely different thing. It looks different, sounds different, feels different. Everything's different. There's still the connection there. It felt like that from the get go might change. Um, but, uh, I really liked that beginning portion, but I, I still, even right now after two episodes, I don't know that I can tell you, uh, the elf ranger, uh, his name, the one that's in love with the woman, the well, it's like, I just want to, it starts with an A and I only know that cause I saw it on thing. I don't really remember a lot about him. Galadriel and her initial journey. Uh, I was like, oh, here's all the trailer stuff we saw. Um, that's all right here at the front. So that means there's a lot in front of me that I haven't seen that excites me. I'm, I'm glad that a lot of the exciting trailer sequences are, are are gone. And now I don't know what I'm getting into. So I was happy about that. I do like uh, the Galadriel character, uh, the actress, I should say. I'm not sure if I love the character quite yet. I don't have a strong connection to Galadriel in the first place. I don't know if it's, I, don't, I can't speak to whether I feel it's accurate or not. She's just a little too hyper-focused and a little bit too like, for someone that I believe to the, the, the Galadriel that I'm familiar with is a very wise and very powerful, uh, sort like sorceress isn't the right word, but she's very wise. She's a very powerful elf. Uh, this one seems very, very naive and narrow uh, focus and stuff like that. So, that's good because it means there can be growth into the character that she'll become. That's a good starting point. It just, it's one of those things at the very beginning, it kind of grates me a little bit. Just like, ah, oh, that's not Galadriel, but it can be Galadriel. The Harfoots, I, it took me, I, I knew they were going to be Hobbit predecessors. I didn't, I didn't make a lot of connections to it. I like the Harfoots. I like their sequence. Um, and I like the stranger uh, who came and crashed there. 
uh, I think that's a fun. It's a fun storyline to connect the hobbits. They're the Harfoots who are usually, and they've made very clear. You know, they hide from people. I mean, to give them such a big piece, uh, I think it makes for a good story portion. Um, but episode one, on the whole, I was I was bored. I got bored very quickly and was on the verge of dozing. Um, episode two, which I waited until the next day to watch. Uh, episode two, much better, much uh, much better pacing, much more uh, much more for me to grab onto. A little more fleshing out of the characters, obviously, that naturally happens. I also really enjoyed having just enough lore knowledge to connect to what's happening. Watching little moments in the prologue and an episode. Uh, you know, in episode two, kind of starting to connect some pieces to existing lore, uh, having, uh, you know, Kaza Doom and carrying some of the curses, like, oh, Aule's beard and stuff like that. Like, oh, like, I know who Aule is. I know that one. I understand why that would be, why that would be used. Um, I like that a lot. So there's just some really nice connections there. And those are my initial thoughts on it. And I'll get into it with the rest of everybody else uh, as we go along. All right. Nicely done, Ryan. Um, so I, I think I... I get it. You're saying one was a little slower than number two. And that's uh, that, uh, presumably that's why they released two episodes at once. Right. Because mm-hmm. they they probably, you know, they did their test screenings and they looked at, uh, you know, what the audiences thought. They knew what they thought of the show. And they're like, you know, we probably ought to release two because the first one is all set up. Right. So, yeah, I feel like the we got a not a complete story arc, but a more full story arc, especially with the Harfoots. Uh, at the end of by the end of two, then right. we had a, so all three of the main storylines, four of the main storylines that we're following, came to a little bit more of a, a semi conclusion, or at least gave more clear direction by the end of two than they did at the beginning of one. I didn't know where we were going at the end of one. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, Stephanie, uh, I am eager to hear your thoughts, and I know everybody <laughs> else is too. Okay. Well, but first, oh, I guess Ryan, I got to ask you, what's your rating out of ten uh, before we continue? Uh, currently I'm, I think I'm on the seven train as well. Okay. Honestly, right. it's, it's good. Yeah. Right. I'm already influencing the conversation. I can't, <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, okay. Stephanie, let's hear what you had to say. I have now watched the first two episodes and for a little background, my knowledge of Lord of the Rings stems from the movies. I played the Lego games first and then I finally read the books. And these are just the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. It's all I've read. It's all I've had any desire to read. So I have no background whatsoever going into this TV show. I watched the first episode and I fell asleep before it ended. Partially is due to the fact that I watched it really late at night and partially due to the fact that I kind of found it a little boring. Um, I was really excited about Galadriel and getting her backstory because I think she is a strong female character that in my knowledge of the movies and the books, I you don't get to know a lot about her. So I was excited to get some of her story and where she came from. So I'm excited to see where she goes. But that first little bit, I'm kind of, I don't know, I was a little over her her fight for vengeance or whatever you want to call it. Um, by the time, so then I caught up on what I missed in the first episode and I watched the second episode and the second episode is better. I liked the second episode. I like more of the storylines that are popping up. 
Um, I still feel like it's a lot being thrown at the audience early on, maybe keeping it down to one or, or two or three plot lines to begin with and then start adding more and more people because honestly, I don't know anyone's name. Um, there were even a couple that I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't remember who they are. So I, it was kind of hard to follow um, specifically the the village and the elf soldier guy that, like I said, I don't know anyone's names. I can't remember any of them. I had a hard time. It's kind of like, a, I almost felt like maybe we introduced their plot line a little too early to care. I really like, um, I don't remember what they call themselves, but the Hobbit ancestors, Nori and her friend and the stranger. I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, and how that plays out and who the stranger ends up being. Cause I really, I thought that was kind of interesting him falling from the sky. I'm excited to see about that. I have high hopes for where the show is going, but as of right now, I'm kind of like, if I didn't keep watching it, I probably wouldn't feel like I was missing out on a whole lot. But I don't know if that's just because of my lack of knowledge going into this or if it's writing and everything. Cause I don't feel like it's one of those TV shows that have really grabbed me from the beginning where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to find out what's happening next. Um, because fantasy and everything is huge in our house. I will watch it. Most likely I'm expecting to enjoy it on whatever level. I don't know if I'll enjoy it on like this deep resonating level. Cause I don't feel like that so far, but I'm hoping that it'll be It'll just be fun and I'll like it. All right, Stephanie. So those are your <laughs> thoughts. So uh, I guess the first thing we've got to ask you now after that is what is your ranking or rating out of 10? So I fall in that six-ish category. Are, are you really a six? Because the way I you were talking in that recording like made me... like a seven. I, I was thinking more like a five. No, I, like, I feel like I liked it maybe more than I might have let on, but... No, I wouldn't say I was yeah. a five. I'm not completely indifferent on it. Right. Maybe if I was completely indifferent, I'd be like, yeah, it's a five. But I lean more towards I did enjoy it. But that's fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. Okay. Well, now we have everybody's thoughts mm -hmm. and we can kind of uh, go on with our discussion. I, I'm not sure. Do we want to just dive right into the uh, Discord stuff or do we want to kind of pick up on where some of these left off? Ryan, what do you, where do you want to go with this? No, what do you I, think? I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about the things, the elements that did resonate that we did like, um, mm -hmm. things that really worked well. And, you know, that I think would be a good starting point. We can all get into the Discord stuff in a little bit, but I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear one of just hearing, especially like Sarah's thoughts originally, you really are the exact opposite of our feelings in terms of episode two was a little bit off for you and you yeah. loved episode one. I'm kind of curious as to what it was that resonated with one on one for you. Well, I'm not sure if this is the entire answer to that, but I, I think something that's involved in my preference for one over two is pacing. And it was really interesting for me to hear both of you say that it was boring because to me, I was just like, why are they going through all these things so quickly? Like <laughs> the first episode, I really felt like, you know, maybe in a perfect world, you know, you have enough funding or whatever could have been three episodes. They could have taken each of those three main storylines and devoted an entire episode to it. Ended with that, you know, kind of meteor thing that they all saw at the end to kind of unite them. But 
there it just felt like there was so little time taken with these really key um you know like for example galadriel's entire motivation it seems like this is going to be her motivation as a character throughout the series throughout the first season i don't know but it's this quest to find the remaining orcs that nobody believes exist and to find Sauron, right? And so, like, why? We we literally got maybe 20 seconds of the orcs and Sauron and why they're so scary. And, like, you can rely maybe on your Lord of the Rings knowledge. Right. But Lord of the Rings happens after all of this. And so, you know, like, it, it just, it felt like so much of almost no conversation in or almost no dialogue in the episodes was for any purpose other than like plot essentials. Mm -hmm. So why, why not take more time with it? Like, I don't, if you're, if you're going to present development that, that understanding of like the ethic of the show or the ethic of each character individually, it, you know, definitely came away feeling like I didn't know these people, but it wasn't because it was moving too slowly or or there wasn't enough. I don't know. It, it just it felt like I we were rushing through so much of it and it could have been much more effective if we had taken some time with certain scenes or with certain relationships. Yeah, no, I think this is um, this is an interesting place to start because you said something to me after we watched the first episode. Was that last night? Yeah. Um, yeah, things are a little shaky uh, timeline-wise As for me. always. <laughs> but uh, you said something interesting, which was uh, at the end of the episode, Galadriel is going into this light. She's on the ship and mm. she decides to jump off the ship. What's beyond that? Isn't I thought Morgoth took that over. I thought he darkened the whole thing. Well, no, what's I think you're on? misrepresenting that just a little bit. Oh, am I? I know that beyond, you know, to to clarify, this is the final scene of episode one, I think, or it's close to the end, where this entire fleet of um, elves on the ship is going back home, going back to Valinor, right? Well, it's a it's a group of elves on one ship, so it's not a fleet of sure, ships. Sure, I, yeah. I okay. Um, they're they're there, and they're all they're all into it. They're excited. They're caught up in this moment. It's a triumphant moment for all of them, but Galadriel is very torn. I knew that Valinor was beyond it. I didn't assume that Sauron had taken over Valinor, but I wondered if that might be the case because there was this whole moment where Galadriel is remembering advice she got from her brother when she was a child. And he says, you know, remember, sometimes things only look like, I, I think he talks about the stars you, you, and how the stars reflected in the water can look exactly like the stars. So how do you know what which one is real? And um, sometimes you have to touch the darkness to find out. That's that's the advice that he gives to Galadriel. And so I'm like, oh, is this a case of like, we think that this is what we've always wanted. We think that this is one thing. We think we're going home and that it's as beautiful as we've remembered all these years. But in fact, it has been corrupted. In fact, it's not what we think. I don't know. That, that was a, right. a part of my brain was trying to just piece together the mystery and the music made me think there was something sinister <laughs> happening, you know? So I was trying to figure it out. It's not that I thought that that was what was going on, but I wondered no. if it might be. Okay, right. The, and okay, maybe I misspoke, but yeah, that's about what I remember from what you said. Um, and it it still feeds into my point, which okay. is that it's, it's very different for me to watch this show than it is for you and Stephanie, especially uh, to watch the show and even Ryan to a certain extent. Um, 
because I've been so steeped in this lore for so long that when they, at the very beginning, when they say, oh, and there was light and they show the trees, but then the enemy destroyed that light, whatever, I can't remember all the dialogue, but like, yeah. you know, it shows the trees darkening and all that stuff. I know all about yeah. <laughs> how that happened, why that happened, who did that, who he was in league with, and where he went after that, and what it means that we resisted and they drew their swords. And, and you know, when they, it, it does show a fleet of ships as they sail to yes, Middle Earth yes. and, and they're going to chase down Morgoth. I know where those ships came from and the tragedy behind. Yes, you know, yes, you're very smart. <laughs> my, my point simply being that I, it's tougher for me to recognize glossing. Oh, completely. Uh, with with that sort of thing, because I just fill in the gloss without even noticing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's one way that it, it makes it hard for me to know. It, it like it would be difficult for me to write up a real good essay about this show for you know a magazine like I did with devs. You know, when I watched devs, I was like, I gotta write this this thing down. It would be impossible for me to do that here because uh, like I don't know how to dissociate myself from my history with the lord mm-hmm. of the rings and yeah and middle earth yeah so anyway uh but no i think that's a, i think that's a fair thought ryan uh, any thoughts on that uh i not on that specifically but i think it's funny that you bring up that the, some of the, the the prologue those moments of seeing seeing the tree and everything and there's like i said i have just enough recognition to be like oh i know i know enough about that the, you know the the light of the tree and what that means. Right. So like somebody, you might not be able to name the trees, but you at least know that they exist. It was yeah, it was it was really cool and fun for me to have that. It's the first time I've had that feeling with Lord of the Rings stuff is to mm. that recognition of deeper lore. It was really nice, and I I loved that. I know that's not something that everyone's going to experience in that, uh, but I really did enjoy that portion of that moment with it. Um, yeah, and on the whole, I there's some really really enjoyable moments that show some character stuff going on there uh specifically that when they're all heading towards valinor and it's opening up and you watch the elves just completely i don't know what the the right word i'm looking for here is but just a very natural flow they just immediately start singing Mm. like they can't control themselves and they just start singing because the song comes through to them and galadriel it doesn't Mm -hmm. connect with her and i'm like oh that was beautiful because you just you watch all the other elves and they can't help themselves. Let's well, say that there's a great moment earlier in the episode when Elrond says, <clears throat> you know, he's it is said that when you approach yeah. the blessed realm that you hear music and it's music that we all know, but we didn't know we know and, and whatever. And so, yeah, no, I think that feeds really well into that moment. I loved it. And it that single moment did a lot for me in terms of realizing the how deep the darkness and turmoil of the Galadriel is carrying because something's that powerful could overpower maybe someone's minor misconceptions or concerns about like, I don't know, I kind of liked Middle Earth, would probably still go, oh no, this is great, I'm going. But she <laughs> yeah. is so, so heavily steeped in this loss of her brother Feanor? No, uh, that that's her father. Finrod. Finrod. Finrod, that's Good. right. Uh, and the the hatred for Sauron and everything that it's enough to make heaven itself not not pleasant not or not enough for you to want to go there. I think that is such a crazy cool dark place to take that to start that character out from. Yeah, like and it's all done in that like that sequence. Yeah, and I uh, thought that sequence. By the way, real was... quick, I, I just said that her father was Finn, or no, it was Finarfin. So it was it, I. So many F names. I, I know it's it, it gets a little rough. Sorry, Sarah, you were saying. 
I just I thought that was a really effective scene um, where I the reason I was so kind of invested in trying to figure out what exactly they were implying with all the different the music and every little shot was because I was so they had me, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, and you could absolutely understand Galadriel's inner turmoil and the conflict that she was kind of wrestling with. Um, I guess I just I wish that there had been enough lead up to it to help us really understand that beforehand and just see the evidence of her feeling in that moment instead of being like, oh, I guess she really, really cares about this whole Sauron thing mm-hmm. in that moment. I don't, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's, it's, no, it's, it's a little nitpicky, but I I feel like that moment could have even been more emotionally affecting if we or for me if I wasn't trying to deduce what she was feeling mm. in that moment, but if I had already been given all the information I needed to know her mental state and I could just kind of be with her in that moment of being so torn, wanting to go right. home, but knowing that it just wasn't possible. Let me let me put myself in the writer's room here and try, I, I, I don't know if defend is the right word, but maybe just try to, give a possible explanation for why they moved through so much history so quickly and didn't give us all of what you're talking about um, with, you know, Sauron and the orcs and the first age and the the wars and all that stuff. Um, Part of the charm of the Lord of the Rings rests in this history uh, that's laid out, uh, you know, partially laid out in the Silmarillion that we've been talking about for the last few months and um, but it, but if you've only ever read the Lord of the Rings, uh, or if you've only ever read, you know, maybe the, the later, uh, editions of the Hobbit, when Tolkien put some more history stuff in there, you get these moments, you know, the, the Hobbits have met Strider and they're going through the wilderness with Strider and he sings them uh, a few, uh, bars from the lay of Lathian, the, the story of Baron and Luthien. And if, if you're an attentive reader, you can read a, a, along with that and, and you just kind of get this little glimpse into the history of Middle Earth. Uh, you know, they, there's a mention, one mention, one time of the cats of Queen Beruthiel. And you're like, what, what's that about? And it's, it's just this little tiny tidbit. And these happen all throughout the book. Who are the Entwives? Um, what, what's going on with the, this seemingly sometimes tenuous relationship between Rohan and Gondor? Why are they, you know, why don't they fully trust each other and uh, or why are they such good friends as nations or whatever point being there's a lot of stuff in the story of the lord of the rings that's hinted at and never actually really explained and you get to kind of just try to fill that in for yourself and so uh, and, and some people that drives them absolutely crazy some people find it utterly charming and you know they love the way that that kind of background mythology works with the story so I could see in the writer's room somebody saying, you know, we, do, we don't need to flesh this out. We got a lot of story to get through. We got to keep going. And hey, that's 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 Middle Earth for you. We're just going to kind of pepper in a little bit of uh, history and let the viewers fill it in in their minds. Now, as I said, I, defense isn't the right word necessarily because I don't know if I totally buy that as, uh, as a, a good way to tell the story in this case um you know it might be fine i'd have to think about it a little bit a little bit more but that might be something that they were thinking so anyway that's all 
Okay. Well, I've effectively <laughs> shut down conversation. I think that we, I, I was thinking about this because one of the things that I have, it goes a little contrary to my, my initial feelings is I do feel we have four, I want to say there's four storylines that we're following and it does feel crowded. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, and I feel like it could be spaced mm-hmm. out a little bit, like use, like for example, all the episode one stuff with the Harfoots. I don't know how much of that I need in episode one. It could be pushed episode right. two. Have the arrival of the stranger be this catalyst moment where we are going to then introduce the Harfoots from there. Yeah. Everyone sees it. Maybe just spreading that out so I have a little more time. This is something very akin. And for better or worse, the editing style of this piece sits very similar to Game of Thrones, uh, where you are you follow a specific storyline of with a specific character up to a point and then they cut you off and jump you over to the next storyline you follow that and you jump to the next one and it's usually right it's this isn't this isn't only um game of thrones it's it's a fairly common editing technique right at that moment as soon as you're like oh yeah now i'm ready i'm invested in this story they cut you and they move you to the next one the problem is how many of those storylines you get to before you get back to your first one right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the scenario here with the editing style um which I think over the long haul, when we get to the story and, and it's completed and we have every piece there, it's you won't feel it again on the second time because you have those things. It's just a first time piece where it's like, maybe if you spread this out, I wouldn't feel like I had to know everything at once. Right. So yeah. if we think back to season one of Game of Thrones, we're not talking about House of the Dragon here, uh, but season one of Game of Thrones, you do it, things do feel a little bit more contained. And then as the story goes, it forks and it branches more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we're experiencing season two a little too quickly. Yeah. If that yeah, tracks with what that. you're saying. Yeah. If you had to focus on only two of these storylines so far, which two would you pick? Mm. Ladies? Galadriel. Galadriel for me too. Is kind of a must. I feel like she's the the biggest driving force. Yeah. Um, can I give you my other one? So this is really just personal preference because <laughs> I'm having fun learning more. I'm kind of enjoying Elrod and the dwarves. That was mine. Yep. Which I really agree. don't even happen until the episode two anyway, but like I'm, I'm enjoying where that's going. Me too. Me too a lot. Sarah, do you have a, a differing um, For thought? me, it's Galadriel and the, is it Harfoots, the mm-hmm. Hobbit, you know, predecessors those would be my picks okay all right i find the harfoots to be the weakest part of the show Mm -hmm. not to say that it's bad it's not like i'm I'm hating the harfoots or or something it's just every time how could you hate a harfoot (laughs) (laughs) they are just lovely it's just every time they're on screen i'm like okay can we get back to the stuff i'm actually most interested that's how i feel about the village with the woman and the me too elf for (laughs) sure guy and i feel the same way about elrond and the dwarves oh yeah not that I didn't, you know, not that there was nothing to like in, in either of those storylines. There were things, but overall, I'm just kind of like, my. there's a part of my brain that goes, oh, you don't need to pay attention to this. It's it's not, <laughs> <laughs> you have already decided it's not relevant to yeah, you. Yeah. I absolutely, my favorite sequence so far has been Elrond and uh, Prince Durin. In that Kazadun. has been my favorite sequence so Which far. Which part? Um, or all of it, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's the whole storyline arc from there. Um, him having expectations of showing up, being immediately turned away, having to go through the rock challenge. Uh, I loved all that. And then 
just because I think it's just because it's the comedy side of me that loves it. There hasn't been a lot of comedy in the other parts, a little bit with the Harfoots and everything, but it's mm-hmm. it's been a little bit heavier weighted otherwise. To have the inter- uh, interaction with his family and his wife's coming, you're not staying for dinner. He's staying for dinner. Like that whole sequence, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of lightheartedness that's, mm-hmm. that I've been missing so far. And I'm, I'm glad to have that. And it just, that sequence speaks to me. Like that's yeah. where I, yeah. I loved. I yeah. think one of the things that I liked also about that was the conversation they had on the lift when he actually found out why Doran was so upset with him mm-hmm. because it had been 20 years. Possibly and, my favorite conversation in the entire Elrod show like, so far. Oh, well, it's only been 20 years. And he's like, you've missed my marriage. You missed the birth of my children. And it kind of gives you that perspective of how long elf lives are. And I think Galadriel has a similar type of conversation when she is on the shipwrecked boat with whoever the man is that she's on the boat with where she makes the comment of I could spend your lifetime listing the names of people I've lost and you get kind of that depth of her sorrow and it's more than just her brother that she lost it's her people and her history Mm -hmm. and stuff and I think so you get this idea of how long their lives really are compared to the rest of the world I love those little moments and and why that sets the elves apart from everybody else so thoroughly um you know it's it's tempting to be like oh man the elves are just aloof they're just a bunch of dicks you know (laughs) why can't you be nicer to humans and dwarves and hobbits and all that it's because yeah if you form attachments with these people it's rough and you know i and i loved i loved that conversation with duran for exactly Mm -hmm. the reason you were just talking about it's something that you kind of have to just assume, you know, if if you're like with Sarah, your whole experience is the, the movies. Well, I guess you did read the Silmarillion, even if you didn't. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but like if you're if your experience is the movies or even the books to a certain extent, you don't really get an idea of what it means to live forever. Yeah. And so that's just a way to, you know, to illustrate that. I loved it. Loved yeah. that moment. So, yeah, Ryan, do you have a different answer than those two storylines? No, Galadriel is your main character, your driving force mm-hmm. for now. Uh, she's the driving force, so that one. And then I, I've i really loved the Elrond Durin piece, so I'd probably stick with that. That being said, I do think our Elven Ranger and the, that storyline is going to be more interesting going forward because it's probably going to be the one that uh, introduces us to Sauron mm-hmm. most directly. With the kid and the sword. Yeah, we see the sword, the the blood goes in there and the sword starts coming back. And we're like, oh, that's that's interesting. What does this look like? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for it, but as of right now, it's the one that I'm like, if I had to cut one right now, that's the one that hits the, the editing, ro- editing room. Yeah. The, oh, the, the human village. Yeah, the story human line. village right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> I was telling Sarah as we were watching it for the first time that... Uh, those scenes distract me the most because they have the most out of place casting, mm-hmm. um, which is the the woman who plays Bronwyn. I think her name is Bronwyn. Is so distractingly beautiful that it rips me right out of the scenes. <laughs> it's tough to watch. It's like, where did they find you? My goodness. And it's the, um, it, I feel like some of it is on the styling too. Yeah, I feel exactly. like she is she's somebody who could look more kind of correct with her setting and and the Compared people who live the in her village cutter dude yeah exactly but they were just like <laughs> let's let's make her look like she is she, you know 
she she's using Charlotte Tilbury like foundation and she has all the best contouring. <laughs> she and, really she, like, you they, know, they do a, a, a kind of an extreme close up on her face at some point. And the second time, because I've seen the first episode twice now and the second episode once. Um, and as I was watching with you, they do this close up and it's like I can clearly see how much makeup they used yeah, on her. You're and so it's, dewy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, but I, I, I guess I agree with you that so far it might be overall the best to hit the cutting room floor. Although in the if we're just talking about the first episode, yeah, Harfoots, take them out. Mm-hmm. Dave. Of course, they're not going to. I mean, it's that's so got to have the hobbits. You got to have the hobbits. Like to me, I feel like because of the nature of the show, totally my opinion, they they are really like resting heavily on the charisma of the people of the of the actors. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the actress who plays Nori is so charismatic. And so are a lot of the other kind of bit players in in her world, in that storyline that. I don't know. I'm just like, I, but you can't leave Nori behind. Like, we, we want to know about Nori. She's so curious and she's so good with the kids and she's kind of this like misfit. And but, but the community is everything. Like, I don't know. I, I want to stand up for my, for my little Harfoots, but I, I understand everyone's allowed their opinion. I'm, I'm waiting for the first, I, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it foundation piece that locks in, that gives an audience an anchor to work from to say, this is where this is going, really, whether it's the introduction of the, uh, who the stranger actually is or mm-hmm. our first viewing of Sauron. Like everything is like, the darkness is coming back. We're still not entirely sure what we're driving at quite yet, other than we know that we're going towards the rings of power. We know Sauron's going to be a piece. We know all that's coming, but nothing in the story so far has driven us to a, uh, some sort of anchor point for us to connect to, um, even for each of the sub storylines. Like um, the closest one, I would say, is that we know that Elrond is trying to get a forge. Like, that's the most locked down anchor point. Yeah, I have. like goal. Um, so I, I want to know what that that first piece that's going to fall that we then go. Okay, I can now start connecting dots a little bit more uh, going forward. Yeah. So yeah, as I, if I understand what you guys are saying, the story just feels a little aimless at the moment yeah it's two episodes in i mean well but you know i think that's a fair criticism of the show honestly that uh that they haven't locked in in your mind here is what we're aiming toward now that being said one of the greatest shows ever put on uh tv was game of thrones up through season five um and it, it people probably forget now for the reasons that we've been talking about you know ryan you were saying earlier uh your second time through the show you know a- after we have a whole season or a whole the whole run of the show you're gonna go back to the first episode and have all this context so it's not gonna feel so weird um people forget how aimless game of thrones was for a significant amount of time um and it relied on that charisma of the characters the delivery of the actors the writing the costuming the set pieces that stuff was all so carefully done that it you know sucked you into the world and you kind of didn't care yeah what you're like i don't care where they're going i just want to go with them right right? and so people can decide whether they're whether they have been sucked in in that way with the rings of power but that's probably the kind of feel we're going for right yeah yeah I was thinking a lot about Game of Thrones before this, probably in part because it's my only reference point for like 
fantasy epic that I cared about a lot. Mm. And I think part go, kind of going back to my issue about feeling like they were trying to make too many things happen in one episode. Um, I, I thought about that first season of Game of Thrones and how, you know, the king Baratheon, he didn't he didn't die kind of setting the whole Game of Thrones into motion until sometime in season one. But it was like several episodes in first episode. You're just meeting the Starks and you're meeting uh, the king and you're meeting Cersei and Jamie and like you're you're getting to know these people. But and even though they haven't defined their goals yet, necessarily, it's it's not so much a question of whether the goals have been defined, but whether you as a viewer feel like I need some goals to get defined or else I don't care. If you care enough about the people, if you care enough about the relationships and the dynamics that they're setting up, then maybe you don't need to have the whole you, you don't need to understand their objectives quite yet. Um, you and just I like feel being like in their presence. Yeah, you like being in their presence and you're curious about what's going to happen with them. And I feel like Game of Thrones for all of its failings, especially towards the end, it was confident. Like it it was like we're just going to take our time with this. Um, we believe we'll have enough time to tell this story. Right. And I wonder, I, I don't know what kind of deals have been set up with Rings of Power and how many seasons they're signed on for. Five? Five. Okay. So it's like, take take your time. Minimum, like be, minimum five. Be confident that you'll have the time to tell the story. Well, who am, I, I don't know. I don't so, know how much story me, they're trying to tell, but there, there were a number of times, like for example, the storyline with... Um, the elf ranger and his lady love where they're going back to her home village, her hometown. And he doesn't even realize it's her home village. And I feel like the natural expectation for a relationship like that would be you're in love with this person and not just in love, but this is like kind of a once in a millennia kind of love because you're an elf and a human. So you're finding out where she came from and you're not like kind of having any conversations about that. Like, hey, wow, what's this like for you to be walking right. through your home village that it's burning? Like you would expect if you cared about the characters and if the writers cared about the characters that they would let them have that moment. And there were a lot of times like that in Game of Thrones when characters could have those moments and when I miss those moments in these two episodes. So let's uh, let's quickly do uh, carry that comparison through a little bit more. Game of Thrones, especially season one of Game of Thrones. Um they oh okay let me back up and say rings of power unlimited budget okay they spent 250 million dollars to acquire the rights to be able to do this and then another billion dollars producing a season of television are you serious very close to a billion dollars that's so shocking i know it is shocking my my point being the budget was there from the beginning they had you know and so it's like hey you want this shot you want, uh, you know, this amazing costuming. You want, uh, you name your, uh, name your actor. We'll get them. Doesn't matter. We will get them. So, if that's Game the of Thrones, case, we didn't so, so Sorry. Game of Thrones did not have that. They, they didn't know what they were dealing with. And all the, all, everybody's favorite stuff from season one of Game of Thrones was filler. Mm -hmm. As far as the showrunners were concerned, it was filler. Oh, well, we need to make our way there, but we don't have yet enough to fill up an hour of TV. And so that we'll just we'll have them have a conversation, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so then you get, you know, Tyrion kind of introducing himself with a big, long freaking monologue. Yes. Uh, then you have the the conversation with uh, Jamie Lannister and his dad as he's carving up the, the deer. Right. 
and it's one of the most amazing moments of the show because this, they're such good actors well, they're, they right they're, that moment. They're, they're good actors it's good writing but it was filler because they didn't have the budget and so it is something to just to remember you know sometimes limitations are better for creativity than an unlimited budget you know absolutely so. and i i wonder too you know game of thrones the source material if i understand right has that kind of dialogue and those conversations the silmarillion is more so about kind of the beautiful descriptions of things and it's not right. about exactly the conversations that took place between all these characters right. so right um okay so you guys we've been going for 50 minutes now yeah <laughs> just on kind of and, our initial thoughts <laughs> so so now we've had our initial thoughts on the show uh should we should we get to some listener questions yeah I don't, I don't know how many of these we'll get through we'll get through as many as we can and if we need to do a you know a special release episode or something that's fine but uh uh okay L let's start with the solution uh, how about uh, everybody's opinion on the orcs and their vis visual representation compared to this show or comparing this show versus the Hobbit trilogy and main trilogy? How do we like the orcs? We haven't really seen much of them. Yeah, so there was a brief. We got the one moment. in the in the house. Right. With right. Them. And early on, kind of set, setting everything up, there were moments of elves fighting orcs. Right. But, but we didn't get any like close up shots yeah. or anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll be honest. I feel like this question is driven towards trying to get a specific type of answer or something. Yeah, that, and I, I don't have one. Yeah, the these orcs look like good orcs. orcs. <laughs> They're very <laughs> they, orky. Yeah, the the makeup job, everything on it so far from the little we've had looks good to me. It doesn't look CGI'd, um, which I know is a complaint. I don't about. question who this villain is that just attacked this boy. I'm like, oh yeah, yep. Especially when the like the skull comes off. I'm like, yep, that's. That's an orc. I don't know yeah. what else. Yeah. Um, all right. So how about this one? Jafu asks, who is the dude? Well, the stranger. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the stranger <laughs> on this one. I was wondering if it was referencing a certain 90s classic uh, yeah. movie or, uh, but no. Yeah. Who is the dude and related, but more original. <laughs> what were the words he was saying to Nori and who or what are the seven stars he's looking for? Um, at, at this point, I have a theory. Oh, you do? I do have a theory. Okay. And it, this is the kind of thing where I don't want to actually answer the second part of this, you know, what, what, what the seven stars and all that stuff, because I kind of have an idea <laughs> but mm -hmm. just because I'm so steeped in the lore and I don't want to ruin it for people. And it, maybe I wouldn't ruin it. Maybe I would be mistaken. Maybe you'd be that's, wrong, right? But I, uh, but I don't want to wade too far into this. So, Ryan, what's your theory? So I have it narrowed down to, I believe it's one of two people. I believe the initial setup is supposed to get us to be like, oh, could this be our bad guy type thing? Because there's fire and scary bad guy looking things around him. But no, um, I am inclined to believe that this is either early Gandalf or early Saruman. Okay. Those are my two. Very, very common mm -hmm. theories. Yeah. Those are my two that I think fit well. There's some visuals in there that are, I think, are specifically aimed to make you think one direction with that. Like Gandalf, like the taking of the fireflies and speaking to them in the hands is a very, very, very Gandalfian, very Gandalf visual that we have from the original trilogy. It's like, oh, people will look at that and they will see that. And it's a, it's either a, a foreshadowing of who this is going to be, or it's specifically a red herring meant to make us think, oh, it's Gandalf, but it's actually Saruman. Right. Something like that. And 
you has, could you could just as easily go with Radagast in that case yeah. because he was so in tune with nature and you know he spoke to the birds and the beasts and all that stuff and so hey maybe it's Radagast one of the wizards that's yeah. kind of the, the direction I was leaning on that and the the seven stars the seven things that he's putting on there that I I don't remember exactly what it was but it would I, I think I don't think it's actually necessarily like it's it's his brothers or sisters it would be the right. other wizards like I'm trying to find the others who were sent here to do to take care of things because Sauron is here or whatever right. Stephanie, any I thoughts? Have, I have no, no. thoughts, okay. none whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Just making no. sure I didn't steamroll anything. Yeah. Uh, Sarah? I, I, um, this, literally the question never entered my mind. Right. I was never like, I wonder who that is. <laughs> because I feel like the only way you could know who it is is if you have context for the Silmarillion, and I don't. And so for me, it was, my entire investment in The Stranger is understanding his relationship to Nori. Nori and Poppy and and what his presence will mean for the Harfoots. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was hilarious when they put him in the basket in the, wheel the wheelbarrow barrel, and then it starts going down the hill <laughs> and you watch them like, chasing you like, ah. It's like, Sorry. oh, so now you care. She's like, no, it's just, it's not my wheelbarrow. Like, I need the wheelbarrow. <laughs> um, so another theory along these lines, it's Gandalf, it's Saruman, it's whatever. Um, the timeline would be way off for that. Like, but by, isn't the timeline already really, really off with we'll, the Harfoots? Yeah, we can maybe get into that. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the timeline would be really off for that. So some people are theorizing that it's another wizard. Um, I need to go double check this, but somebody online said, oh, but Tolkien was really careful to say that um, that the five wizards that were sent over were the leaders of the Istari, the wizards. Um, and so maybe this is another Istari, you know, a pre-Gandalf, Saruman, whatever. So maybe something like that. I, I, I'm not very interested in solving the puzzle. I'm interested enough in who it is. Like, I want to find out who it is or I want the show to reveal it. But I'm not, like, I'm not that interested in theory crafting about this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will say if anybody's interested about the seven stars, um, just... Just Google it. Google the Gondorian flag, okay? And the seven stars and seven stones and you, there's some rhymes and there's lore around that. So that's all in there. And that's I'm going to leave it there, okay? So uh, let's see. So that was Jafwu. Thank you, Jafwu. Um, <laughs> D, that's that's the entire name. I, I think this person used to be D. Pult, maybe? But mm. it's just D now says, do the creators seriously think someone could swim across an ocean with no provisions or transportation? (laughs) She's an elf. I have to admit, that was my very first thought. Like, I could have cared less about what was going on with the light and everything. She jumps (laughs) off the boat and the boat goes away. I'm like, where does she think she's going? Like, that was my big concern about her in that episode. Yeah. I, I had the same first thought. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's she going? You know? But at a certain point, you just have to say, oh, she's superhuman. So. Well, yeah. but it also feeds into just how strongly she feels that she's like, I would rather swim this, uh, try and swim this ocean, even though that's yes. an unrealistic expectation for me, yeah. than to just give to give in. Yeah. And by the way, I'm going to weigh myself down with a dagger. <laughs> right. <to you. laughs> no, I think well, that's, a, a, that's a smart dagger. point, right? It's that's... nostalgic. And I also think, to, to Ryan's point, like when somebody jumps out of a burning building... Do they necessarily like have a plan? Are they like, oh, I know what I'll do after I jump out of this burning building? Like, no, they're just threatened with something that they know is intolerable and they have to get out. Yeah. And so I'm, she's very confident in her abilities. She took down that 
that troll or whatever it was yeah, and the, the ice troll. you know single-handedly so and i i think she kind of figures she she's she's got some options but um but i think it does kind of speak to the depth of her need to not end her story yet yeah you know to mm-hmm. go back to middle earth mm-hmm. which led into a part that stephanie just absolutely loved in episode two what what was that what what <laughs> now i have to know so ever since jurassic world came out i've had this weird strange fear of water dinosaurs oh no. <laughs> so i'm sitting here and i'm watching in the boat like she's rescued and everything everything seems happy and fine and then you see the fins coming down and my heart just starts pounding i'm like oh my gosh she's going to get eat. like i know she's not because i've seen lord of the rings but man like i was like ryan you couldn't have warned me that there's a water dinosaur in the stupid show. <laughs> you know, That's pretty funny. Stupid fear of <laughs> the unrealistic. Lone Wolf Lunar asks or uh, asks us to discuss the inverse relationship between knowledge of lore and enjoyment of the show. Mm. All right. Is it rant time? I think it might be rant time. Okay. I'm, I'm really glad we have the, the grouping we have because we have... It's most good touch spread. points here in terms of enjoyment versus knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and, and that's okay, Ryan. Thank you. That's the rant I want to go on. Mm-hmm. False dichotomy. This is not. This is not a real thing. It is not an inverse relationship. I don't know that it's really a relationship at all. Uh, I don't know that there's a real correlation between knowledge of the lore and enjoyment of the show. Um, it. There are. There are moments that I think are more fun for somebody like me, you know, in just a kind of a, hey, I know that thing. And it's and it's fun for me to know that thing. So when they're climbing the waterfall, you get the little, uh, the title card that says Forodwaith, the Northern Wastes. Mm-hmm. And I know what that is. I know where it is on the map and I know it's history and I know, you know, kind of who lived there and, and what wars were fought around this area. Like, and so it's fun for me to know that um so i get that there there is some relationship but i don't know that it's causal and i think what we're getting at here i don't know for sure okay if lone wolf lunar is uh kind of getting at this but it's definitely an internet thing where it's like well if you know all of this stuff then you can't possibly enjoy the show because it's just ruining all of the lore it's just messing with everything so you can't enjoy it well screw that Straight up, screw that idea. Um, you can have the knowledge of the lore, but knowledge is not wisdom. And I'm getting old enough now to understand that I can let go and say that I don't own the lore. It doesn't belong to me. I have my head canon, um, and I know kind of what most of the actual canon is. But that, but somebody else had a different idea of how to tell this story, or they had different head canon, and that's okay. So. Even if you know this stuff, be wise enough to let go of your attachment or, or your perceived ownership of it, I should say, um, and just give it a shot. You know, let it succeed or fail on its own terms. Uh, I'm not saying that this will be an amazing show, but so far I'm enjoying it and I'm happy to give it a shot. Uh, like, no matter how much I know about the lore and no matter how much they mess with it you know the timeline of the harfoots or freaking naming her eleanor 
okay that one does get me a little bit (laughs) but like even those things i'm like just just let it go it's fine i think you're gonna run into that problem anytime you have a fandom like i remember watching through um wheel of time the new series Mm -hmm. that just came out i have since reread the first book afterwards and i was because i watched the movie the first episode and i was like oh this this is really different from the book and then i reread the book and it's like oh no it's not I mean, there was a lot of complaints about Harry Potter when Harry Potter came out about what they've done with the books and what they've taken out and what they've ruined. And anytime you get a passionate group of people, you're going to have those people that feel like this medium has ruined my love for something. And it really hasn't. I think it's satisfying. We, We get some sense of satisfaction from that feeling of ownership. And that's where gatekeeping often comes from. You know, I I will be the gatekeeper and this will give me that sense of ownership. I am a true fan. I love this thing. And the fact that you love this interpretation of it means that you don't love the real thing as much as I do. Um, and, and that gives us a real sense of internal pleasure. And I, and I have been victim of that many <laughs> times in my life. I'm not saying that like <laughs> that I haven't, <laughs> believe me. Um, but I'm the the older I get, the more I realize like it's that's it's not a fun way to live your life. It's not a, a fulfilling way to in, to consume your media. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I have something, some thoughts here. Um, you know, I I'm coming into this show without the knowledge mm-hmm. component, but that question reminded me of um, another show that came out recently, and I don't know what the Venn diagram overlap might be in the Legendarium community for people who would have watched this show too, but the show Under the Banner of Heaven came out <laughs> yeah. a few months ago on Hulu. Um, docudrama based on this particular um, series of events in kind of Mormon fundamentalist communities. Long, you know, suffice it to say, I had a lot of investment in that story. I had a really you knew the story. Kind of I knew front the and back. story really well. Um, I went in, and so I came into that show with the knowledge piece, and the for me, the the show really missed the mark. I realized that, and and what I realized was, yes, other people did have an interpretation of the story in a way they wanted to tell it, and that was valid. But I wanted a show that would meet my needs and I assumed this would be it. And kind of the feeling sometimes when you're going through watching a show that you have a lot of investment in emotionally is realizing that there's a sort of pain in like not seeing your vision realized on the screen because you wanted it. And, And it's not so much about judging other people, whether they're allowed to enjoy it or not. But I think it's valid to, you know, to recognize like I wanted something out of this show. It matters to me. And if it's not meeting those expectations, there can be kind of like a a frustration or a grief or, you know, depending on how serious it is, like there can just be some negative feelings associated with that. It doesn't mean that anybody did anything wrong necessarily. But I know in my case, I was like, they're never going to make another show about this. They're never going to make another under the banner of heaven. There's only going to be one. And for me, they focused on, quote unquote, right. the wrong things. And somebody might feel the same way about this show. And it's okay to kind of mourn that a bit. I think that's absolutely fair. That's that's a really good point. Um, my answer to that would be, you're talking about a true story, mm-hmm. something that was in the 70s, 80s. Uh, the 80s. Uh, it was a, a story of a murder mm-hmm. in, the, in the fundamentalist community. Um, and, and, because of that, because it was a real event that happened, you know, 30, 40 yeah. years ago, it gives it a different it set of requirements. Does. 
Now, you can also, so there's all, there's the fact versus fiction. Oh, well, hey, it's just Middle Earth, right? Oh, it's just fiction. Well, yeah, okay. But let's take it a step further and say, not only is this a fictional universe, but also this is a time in that fictional universe and a place that is only very, very rudimentarily, but sketched out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Triple word score on that one. Thank man. you. Very much. <laughs> uh, it's it's only sketched out to the barest uh, degree, and so so my issue with this show specifically, and the anger that people have had uh, in the lead up to its release, and now that it has been released, is that what's what I see happening is people create their headcanon. This is who Galadriel was in mm-hmm, the second age. Mm-hmm. This is, um, you know, this is what these characters would have been doing. This is how these civilizations formed and why. And you create that headcanon, and that is part of the fun of Middle Earth. Yeah. I've been there. I am there. I you, I have my headcanon. Um, but so it's not... It's not like these were real people, a real event that happened. It was documented. Exactly. Yes, I totally and get you're, that. And you're screwing with the time, you're screwing with the timeline and the details and and kind of giving us an, a false idea of who these real people actually were. So in in this case, it's just not that way. No, I and get that. And so if I want to go off on, and like Galadriel, a lot of people are really upset about, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't the Galadriel we know. Well, it's not the Galadriel you think you know. <laughs> that sounds but, like a tagline for the show. Not the Galadriel <laughs> you think you know. You thought you knew Galadriel? Guess again. Well, yeah, but people are saying like, oh, she would have calmed down by now. She wouldn't be so fiery. You know, we, we, she's she's such an elegant, uh, uh, chilled out woman <laughs> by yeah. the by the third age, right? She she wouldn't be so fiery. Well, why? She had to get there somehow, right? And and what we know of her is uh, when in in her time in Valinor, when she was uh, you know quote unquote young, <laughs> she'd probably been alive for thousands of years already. But when she was in Valinor, and uh, Morgoth stole the Silmarils and fled to Middle Earth, and the the seven sons of Feanor and Feanor himself took their terrible oath, Galadriel was right there. She is drawing her sword, saying, "Let's get the guy, let's go." Burn the ships, you know, do what we got to do. Let's go. Well, okay, I don't know. burn the ships. Okay, she wasn't doing that. But <laughs> but my point being, she very much was um, that she had that fire inside of her that she describes in the show. Um, and then, you know, she goes through the whole first age and she participates in all this stuff. And she does study under Melian, the Maya, who, you know, teaches her how to to set the her wards around the the forest and that teaches her how to do it in the third age when she has Lothlorien and so there are the seeds of all these things but like you say Ryan she's got to get there somehow and yeah. who's to say that she was already the the person that we know in the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. uh you know I, I guess sorry I, I'm I'm bloviating at this more point interesting but my, character arc but my point is just if you have your head cannon, enjoy it. Have mm-hmm. so much fun with it, please. It, that's like I say, part of the charm of Middle Earth. But allow the showrunners to have their head cannon too. If you don't like it, fine. But don't tell me and other fans that we're wrong for enjoying somebody else's head cannon. Yeah, I I can understand that for sure. And I think understand that 
my, my advice, I guess, or my insight based on my under the banner of heaven experience, totally different though it was, is just that your feelings about it don't necessarily mean that the creators of the show or people who liked it are in the wrong. Right. You, but your feelings are still valid. Have them, share them, but don't make them other people's responsibility or, you know, un, like lash out at other people. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, yeah, it, the anger is really getting to me. Um, yeah, I can tell. It's, and, and which is, Ryan's laughing because you think I'm angry right now. No, no, oh, I don't okay. think you're, I, I'm just, I've had the vaccine for this for a while in the Star Wars <laughs> community. I just, this, this frustration, I, I absolutely understand the frustration because there's a whole series of people out there who act like counterfeit detectors who study this and they're like, I, I know the, what the real thing is so perfectly that anything else will devalue what I love. If I let anything through the deva- that is not perfect, it devalues what I love. And I cannot tell you how far from the truth that is. And all you're going to do is, in most cases, is you're going to miss out on things you probably would have enjoyed if you just let go of a little bit there. Right. It is okay to look at something and say, that doesn't fit for me. That's fine. But in most cases, I find that there is more about you you need to figure out than there is about figuring out what the showrunners did wrong. Like, that's... Yeah. That's where I'm at. All yeah, right. Yeah. Well, on that note, maybe we go to a, f- a few more <laughs> questions. We've been going for a while now, uh, and this is just going to be a long episode. Blue team does it all the time. So deal with it. Why can't we? They'll be happy about it. <laughs> so, some of them might. Others, the ones that are still here will be. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Fair enough. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, the solution. Back to the solution. How angry were you that we had to wait until the second episode for the appearance of a certain race? I'm assuming... They're talking about the dwarves. Dwarves. Not angry at all. <laughs> I didn't have a feeling what about did we, that. What did we just <laughs> say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, I didn't know for sure who would be a part of mm. this story or not. So I wasn't kind of like waiting on the edge of my seat yeah. for a certain race. You, appear. you were not consuming all of the marketing material leading up. Literally to Literally none. Right. Did you ever see like any of the posters or you might have shown them to me and I've right. forgotten. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> she forgets like most of what I say no, to I'm her. Just... <laughs> so that's fine. I knew that there was a Lord of the Rings season, like series, new series coming out when you asked if anyone wanted to be a part of the podcast to record about it. <laughs> so that is my background. That is how long I have known of the existence of this show. Ryan, what, like, Ryan, did you three four days <laughs> <laughs> did you uh were you upset uh by the the delayed arrival of the dwarves on the show it didn't cross my mind until finishing up the episode two and realizing that that was when they came in i was like that there but like i said earlier i feel like episode one and two the planned release of this is really they couldn't do that in one episode exactly, so it's yeah. split into two so Treat it as your intro, and they everyone got introduced in the introduction. We got all the races in there. We're fine, right? I, it, it, we've we've already talked about how um, they they might have overdone it with so many storylines, trying to juggle so many storylines right up front with the show, mm-hmm. and it would have been even worse if in episode one they were like, "Oh, and you know, we got to fit twelve minutes of dwarves in there." Yeah, like that would have been tough to do. So I think you could have had in in episode one or in both episodes, you could have had. You could have introduced as many uh, people and races as you wanted if there weren't so many kind of plot points happening. I don't know if you could have just met them and spent time with them instead of also having to keep track of all the plot developments. It might have been fine, but no, I it 
it didn't bother me. I didn't notice. But. <laughs> um, all right. So Sindavar asks, are we thinking the Northern Fortress is Utumno, like it's implied to be, or just a minor nameless fort? Uh, it's not Utumno. Utumno was in um, uh, Beleriand, and Beleriand is mostly now sunk underneath the Sundering Seas. And so uh, so it's not Utumno, um, but we'll learn more about the fortress as we go. So hang in there. Um I, I, it's one of those things I I, I don't want to potentially spoil. It's I don't know if, if it is. It's the rest of us were all going to change. answer that as well, but Craig just beat us to it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not a bad question though. Uh, but how about this one? Uh, also from Sindivar, thoughts on casting for the Noldor, the the elves, particularly Finrod and Celebrimbor and Elrond uh, from from Craig. Okay, they want my thoughts on this. I want to know if these actors and actresses that are quite interesting to look at work well as elves. <laughs> this is something that I said, I put that in quotation marks because I said that on the live stream um, with the, the elves. I was saying, you know, it, it's nice to have pretty people to look at on screen. We all love that. That's why pretty people get cast on screen. Fine. Uh, but more important to me is that they be interesting looking, especially with something like the elves. I want them to, to have not just not just physical beauty, but physical charisma. Make them interesting. Make them charismatic to look at. Um, anyway, so that's that's where that came from. Uh, I want to know if uh, if they're if these actors and actresses that are quite interesting to look at work well as elves. Since I know the appearance of the elves in this show has been something that's been criticized criticized by a lot of people until this point, though mainly because of a divergence from PJ's Peter Jackson's interpretation. Yeah, and that's exactly it. People who are criticizing it, it's their headcanon again. Um, and a lot of that headcanon, and I'm victim of this, well, victim, <laughs> I'm affected by this as well. Peter Jackson's design from his movies yeah. feeds into a lot of what we assume that these people look like. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to, you just have to back off of it and say it's, uh, yeah. It, it's somebody else's headcanon. So how I, did you feel about it? Did you feel, did, did it work for you? Totally. Yeah, I, I honestly, I knew there was some of that criticism at the beginning, like, oh, there's a short-haired elf. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, what, what's his name? Arondir, uh, the the scout um, that falls in love with the girl. Uh, oh, he has short hair. This is dumb. Elves are supposed to have long hair. <laughs> and so I knew that that was around, but that had been months and months and months ago. I hadn't thought about it. It didn't cross my mind. And when he showed up on screen, it did not cross my mind. I didn't actually think about that criticism. I only thought about it later mm-hmm. uh, after having finished the show. Didn't blink an eye. Um, I thought it was just fine. And, you know, I, I think for the most part, um, yeah, I, I Elrond is a weird looking dude, whatever his uh, the actor's name is. And I like it. I like it. He's a weird looking dude. You know who else is a weird looking dude? Hugo Weaving. Weird looking dude. Uh, and I And I like it. It works for me. Uh, with the elf scout, you know, kind of like uh, Bronwyn being so attractive, it's distracting. You know, he makes me feel very inadequate as a male, um, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, I think coming from someone who I, I have no idea what any of the criticism is. I don't know what people are yeah. saying about the TV show. I never once questioned what race anyone belonged to. Right. I think they did like the fact that there was this elf and he didn't have long hair. It never crossed my mind that he wasn't an elf because the way that they managed to costume them and the actors were carrying themselves and everything you you just got this feeling you knew you could tell like 
they did a fantastic job. These are the dwarves. Mm -hmm. These are the elves. These are the Harfoots. Like, you know, because of the way that they're costumed and the actors are are portraying these characters, what race they are, whether they look exactly like what Peter Jackson. Yeah. Like the, the one thing I would say, the one thing I would gently mildly criticize when it came, uh, when it comes to the casting of the elves is the vast age difference in a lot of the actors. Um, because, and, and again, you know, hey, headcanon, maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> if you have an immortal race, they literally live forever. It's not like they age so slowly. No, they don't age. It's, uh, you kind of figure they're going to get to whatever their physical peak is and stop aging, right? They start as children, fine, but they're going to get to whatever age it is and stop aging. So you have um, Elrond, uh, now he's apprenticing with Celebrimbor, and the guy who plays Elrond is clearly some dude in his, I don't know, what, late 20s, maybe, something like that. And Celebrimbor is this, like, 55-year-old man, uh, 60-year-old man, whatever he is. And he walks in and he's like, uh, and and it's a good visual cue for the audience that, oh, I'm older and wiser and more learned than you. That's how he talks, by the way. Um, <laughs> I missed that in Celebrimbor's <laughs> lines. But... Uh, but it but it is one of those things where I'm like, well, hang on, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but why doesn't it make sense? Because I mean, Hugh, going back to mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, Hugo Weaving is Liv Tyler's dad. Hugo Weaving looks older than Liv Tyler. You're assuming that I don't have the same criticism for the movie. That's a good point. I guess I just mean you. What you just described was that everybody reaches their physical peak and then just stops aging. So like, why why couldn't Caleb Brimbor be at that point? Sure. Yeah, it's that's fine. That's fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, it's like I said, gentle, mild criticism. I don't really care that much. Uh, I will say the casting that they've set up for Galadriel, young Galadriel, mm. main character Galadriel indicate Blanchett. Like that. That is, works pretty That's well. a solid one. This guy into Hugo Weaving, he's going to, something happened in there. Like, <laughs> there was some sort of he tragic some, accident and facial reconstruction. I'm just yeah, saying exactly. some jawline Some changes. jaw shaving. Yeah, <laughs> some of that happened. I think for for me, and again, I don't have a strong investment in this, but like I, in general, expect the elves to look just more stoic. It's not even necessarily the way they the their face is ordered, but just like the expression they have on their mm. face is more stoic. Oh, sorry, I bumped my mic there, but um, like for example, I didn't recognize that the elf ranger uh, guard man was an elf at first, but I also didn't know that there were elves who could have that job. So when I saw someone come into that bar w- or the tavern in armor, it 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 didn't occur to me at all that he was an elf. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. All the cues were a little off for me with him. Right on. Uh. All right. So Nats would like to know what would be cool to see on screen, considering the visuals the show has provided. Oh, somebody's driving by and their subwoofer is really, really loud. Uh, Sarah's like, what is going on? Um, Yeah, what would be cool to see considering the visuals the show has provided? Ryan's got something chambered and ready to fire. Well, yes. This is more something that I thought was really cool about a visual in piece than what I want to see. I'm very excited to see um, the actual forging of the rings because that's clearly Mm. a huge element of this story being the rings of power. But... This is a connection to my learning of the Silmarillion. This this was a great moment in episode two where we get to see the oh, title credits for the first time. Yeah, the actual portion, and it's the sand 
uh, things that are caused by well, well, sound yeah, waves. what do you call those? Sound waves. Um, I, I fractals. No. no, is that not the right word? I'm really upset because it's a stormlight archive. It's a big element yeah, yeah. of stormlight archive. I thought it was bit. fractals. Um, but the sand that is made by the sound waves or whatever, and right. realizing uh, it's clearly a it's clearly a digital. I was so disappointed. Can I just real quick say I I also really enjoyed that until they started making it clear that it was CGI. I was like, if you could do this all practically, I would be thrilled. Finding the frequencies to set that up and do that would right. be insane. But just knowing what, how big of a, a story that music and its creation, everything, and then having the one piece that weaves in the darkness that weaves into the sand mm. and there, like watching that visually, I was like, oh, that's awesome. The yeah. power of music in here. And then the power of, of what Morgoth is and eventually Sauron is going to be like, I loved that visual in the opening title sequence so much. Yeah. Um, it, ladies, uh, considering your comparative lack of uh, knowledge yeah. of the lore, do you, do you have an answer to this question of what you're excited to see, or you're just along for the ride? I don't think so. I have nothing. Do um, you want to? Let me ask this: Do you want to see things you recognize from the other films? Like we went to Casa Doom, and that's something from the Lord of the Rings. Film. You had to say it out loud to me for me to actually put those two things together, <laughs> because that's not what my brain read when the title came up on the screen. I don't even know. I, I just brushed apart. Like, I don't know where any of these places yeah, are. Right. I don't know. And so until you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that does sound familiar. And then we had to have the conversation as to what that actually was. Sarah, do you remember? No. I don't remember. Casa Doom is, uh, is the dwarven name for the Mines of Moria. So in the first movie, when they go through the Mines of Moria and they get chased by the Balrog, there that's where they are. Oh, okay. There, so. um, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, I after we watched the first episode together, I pointed out a, a visual element that I really loved in the in the first episode. And Craig was like, oh, people hated that when it came out uh, in the kind of like promotional pictures. It was um, the hunters who had the moose antlers on their back. I loved it too. I, that... I, I was sad it was over so soon. I wanted more of literally just that costuming. So for whatever it's worth, if that means, if that's the the last straw and you can write off all my opinions for the rest of this episode or for the beginning of this episode, that's fine. But I thought that was enchanting. I, I did And it too. was a vibe again, just a vibe for me. I remember when those came out and being like, oh, I'm excited to see that. And then they walk by and it's the introductions of the Harfoots. I'm like, that was it? Exactly. <laughs> that was the entirety of the, the like, Moose guys? I want to know about these guys. They Who gotta, knows? Maybe they'll be back. They got to come back. They're going to be the running gag. They're, they walk in through all these different scenes through the whole piece. It'll be like an Alfred Hitchcock thing where you try to spot Alfred Hitchcock in all the movies yeah, and yep. it'll just be those hunters in the background of scenes where they do not belong. <laughs> but they're going to be so well camouflaged that it'll be so easy like, to miss them. Why is there a moose here underground? This giant battle just stops as they just walk through. Sorry, guys. Sorry for them. They like smack an orc on the head as they're going through with one. Of them. Sorry, my bad. We're just, excuse us. <laughs> so uh, Nats also asked, uh, casting choices nailed or not enough to judge on yet. Um, I'm I'm generally fine. I I haven't seen anybody that I was like, oh yikes, bad casting. Um, some are stronger than others, and maybe some will still come into their own. I felt I feel really negative about again. I wish I knew his name. The elf uh, ranger guard, Arondir. Arondir. I he to me was. Just so boring. I, I don't know. I I was not into that casting right. at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, he 
probably wasn't given much to work with that's, at that and point. And that's a great point. But I also, I think there's something to be said for just like screen presence and also chemistry. I did not feel the chemistry between the two of them. And again, this is like a, a you know, a death defying kind of love. And I'm like, but you, have you even met? Like, you don't even seem like you like each other that much. Yeah, yeah. That's me. Uh, right. Best cast character so far, Durin. Um, Galadriel and Elrond are both solid for me. Outside of that, everyone else is, they're good. They're, yeah, I, yeah I, I think it's for for the most part, like with Elrond and Galadriel, it's too early to tell for sure. They've been fine so far, but I don't think anybody's been given a ton to work with except for maybe Durin mm-hmm. um, at this point. And, you know, they, they all have their scenes, but like even Galadriel's character, she has the most screen time, but it's so focused. It's so laser focused on um, her devotion to the hunt for Sauron that that's all the actress has to work with. Mm-hmm. So people are calling her, oh, she's so robotic. Um, and I'm ready for her to grow as a character. Yes. And she hasn't been written to do that yet. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, too early to tell. All right, that's fine. The casting for Nori really stands out for me. I really love the actress who plays Nori. Yeah. Yeah, she is fun. I like her too. I just Stranger. He's hate her name. That. <laughs> All that. He just <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> All right. So we better start wrapping this up, you guys. My word, we've been going for way longer than we normally do. You have to put this into part one and two. Uh, we, should we? I don't know where you do it's that, but. Too late now. Yeah, too late now. Um, Kip Tan, I love this question actually from Kip Tan. What are the things you need to forget about it, or need to forget about in order to enjoy it? What are the things you need to forget about in order to enjoy the show? Um, and, and I assume we're getting into like lore stuff. I, uh, you, you don't, you don't need to forget everything. <laughs> you don't need to forget anything. This kind of, I, I don't want to do my whole rant again. Okay. I'm not going to do my whole rant, but it kind of just gets into the timeline like, I know when the Harfoots enter the historical record. <laughs> and it ain't now, you know, when this show takes place. Um, and so I guess things like that, just forget. Just forget it. It's fine. Um, other than that, at this point, I don't really have anything because <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think if there are any, like, oh, forget about where Eleanor Brandyfoot's name came from. <laughs> uh, that, like, that legitimately is like it that's probably my biggest bugaboo with the show right now because eleanor is the name that sam gives to his daughter after he encounters the flowers uh in lothlorien that only bloom there on karen amaroth and they like the, the flower is called eleanor he falls in love with the flower so he names his first daughter eleanor and this is not a hobbit name <laughs> it's it's weird that her name is eleanor and so anyway that's uh all right, I've said my piece on that. <laughs> here's here's For, what I'm... But forget about it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Her name is Eleanor. Okay, now enjoy the show. <laughs> this this the, the things to forget about the setup here. You need to learn to draw a Venn diagram for things like this. There's the one circle, which is the lore that you love and the things that are there. There's the other circle, which is the things that are set in this show and find what sits in the circle in the middle and let those exist. And then anything that's over in the just lore section that doesn't fit on the other side just for now, it does not devalue it that this exists. Just yeah. let that be. So <clears throat> we are going to start wrapping this up. And there are a million more things that we could talk about. Oh, well, okay. There are a million more things that I could talk about. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you, potentially. <laughs> but I think we should start wrapping it up an hour and a half in. Um, so let's revisit the very first question 
from Little Red Book who asked, should I watch it? And and she actually came back and said, I'm actually serious about that question. I don't watch a lot of TV. Should I watch this? Um, do, you, do you guys have an answer to that? Like a simple, quick answer? Sarah, well, Sarah looks disgusted. I mean, <laughs> or like troubled. I don't know how you are at reading my facial expressions. We've been very long enough. I don't think I was troubled or disgusted. Um, I guess my quick answer would be, I don't know. Do you want to watch it? Like, is there anything that makes you think you might like it? Then maybe give it a try. But I don't feel like we have enough information. I don't I don't really feel like I want to recommend any show unless I've seen enough of it to really know what it's driving at and how good they are at telling a complete story. Um, And we just don't have enough information yet. Maybe after the first season, I could say, yeah, it's worth your time or yeah, skip it. But um, watch it if you feel like there's any reason you might enjoy it. And I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie. My first inclination would be to watch it. Like it's something that I'd be like, okay, as a fantasy lover, someone who might enjoy Lord of the Rings, like. I've never talked to Little Red about Lord of the Rings, so I don't know how her feelings are about it. It's like one of those things. Like, if you enjoy Lord of the Rings, watch it. If you really enjoy fantasy and the world building that happens on screen in those kind of situations, watch it. If you're not into watching TV, are you going to miss, like, is your life going to be over because this is the (laughs) one thing you didn't watch? Probably not. No. Yeah. Ryan, thoughts? Um, If you are already disposed to not that you're just you're sure this is gonna be a train wreck don't watch it don't hurt yourself don't like wait till it all finishes up and you can go through the whole thing and experience it because if you try and do it piece by piece over the next few weeks as they release you're just gonna hurt yourself wait till it's all out and then decide if you're gonna hate watch it if you are just genuinely curious i only have an hour a week to watch to you know to watch something should this be what i put in that hour wait till it finishes Mm. And that's my recommendation. Wait till it finishes. Get the consensus after it's done. Go see through. what people think. There's there's enough here. Like I feel very similar to this right now as I did when I first started watching um, Only Murders in the Building. It's a fantastic series, great thing, whatever. But I hated having to wait every week, not because I was really driven, but because I was like, I I need more than what you've given me. It was it's it's almost like I'm not sure if this show is gonna be worth my time and I'm it's taking too long for me yes. to figure it out. That yeah. is severance, yeah. <laughs> Only murders in the building is severance I felt this way about. So I'm kind of seeing that same vibe here a little bit. Um but to the general public who's just mildly curious, yes, watch it and see how you feel. Yeah. Like if you're a fantasy lover, there's you're going to have a feeling off of this and then just fo- follow your follow heart. Follow your heart, he says. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my, my uh, Ryan and I are very simpatico, as occasionally happens on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say watch it. It's good. It's, it's well done uh, as a massive, lifelong Tolkien fan. Yes, it is very well done, and I'm enjoying it. If you're going to be angry, don't watch it. It's not, that's not a catharsis that you should be seeking. Mm-hmm. It's not catharsis at all. It's uh, it's uh, not something that is going to enrich your life. If watching this will make you mad, don't watch it. And, and also, please disengage with the discourse on <laughs> social media around the show. <laughs> if you're not going to watch it because it's making you angry, then also just keep it to yourself. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not worth... Uh, there's 
making yourself and others upset. There's something very unique about this show that we don't get with any other show too. Um, that it will serve you no purpose if you're angry to want to watch this review moment. This is a passion project for a billionaire who right. has thrown yes. so much cash. This is going to finish whether you like it or not. You're not going to affect <laughs> the trajectory of this show much by that. That's not saying your opinion isn't valid and you don't have a reason to share or whatever, but don't think that review bombing, this is all of a sudden going to make Jeff Bezos go, okay, never mind. Never mind. Season three is canceled. We're going to scrap it. That's not <laughs> going to happen with this. With the amount they've already thrown at this and the more he's throwing it, it's not going to be the case. This is the guy who spent $250 million to buy the Washington Post because he thought it would be cool to own a newspaper. Yeah. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. that's a bad motivation. I do have a hypothetical to ask you, though, that we can... That's along these lines. Oh, boy. All right. So much for ending the episode. I know. <laughs> right. I know. Sorry. Great, great final thoughts, everybody. Let's go on. Let's get rolling stuff. with this. I don't want the question. I don't want the answer of what you think would happen. I want to know what you would do if you were the head of the Amazon Studios. Jeff Bezos is tied up in a closet, has no say anything on this, whatever. You can only continue the Wheel of Time or this series. Which do you do? I would do the Wheel of Time. I think I would too, but I all but I also am saying that having gotten an entire cool. season of the Wheel of Time, and so I don't know. Mm. It, it's possible this. I could feel different at the end of the season. That is strictly my own personal yeah. investment from the Wheel of Time, as opposed to Lord of the Rings. Ask this again at the end of the season. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's very valid yeah. to ask that question again at the end. But honestly, my affection for Rosamund Pike. That's going to be hard to overcome. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. If there's any aspect of this show that could overrule that. And also Lance ass. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So literally, that's nothing okay. to do with it. <laughs> uh, my answer to that would be the Lord of the Rings, but that, that's not, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who loves the Wheel of Time, um, and I am generally enjoying that adaptation. Fine, um, but yeah, I, I want to see where this goes. I'm. I'm interested to see yeah. what they're what they're going to do with this. Do you Ryan? have an answer, Ryan? Yeah. Um, I think if I had to choose one to go forward with, um, I would probably go with Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think it's I think there's a a wider area to work in there than what the Wheel of Time has mm -hmm. uh, for them in terms of canon. The, like the, the, the canvas is much more blank for this, yeah. And so they they have they have much more possibility. So yeah. I would choose Lord of the Rings. That being said, I would be extremely heartbroken to hear to, that they were like, yeah, we're only going to do Lord of the Rings. We're not going to do Wheel of Time and right. finish that up. Like that would break my heart because mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> All right. Well, fair enough. I think we should ask that question again at the end of the season. We are not going to do an episode on every episode. That is not going to happen. Um, but I, I'm sure that we'll be discussing them on those Friday live streams. And so if people are interested in getting into it, um, getting my views and... Uh, not just mine, but hashing it out with you in the, the chat section, then check out the uh, live streams every Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. You got to go subscribe on YouTube. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. And so, yeah, go subscribe on YouTube. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure we will do an episode after the season is over. At the very least, we'll do a, another episode then. So anyway, uh, you guys, thanks for soldiering through <laughs> 90 plus minutes of episode. Hey. Uh, it'll be great. People will love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I resolutely stick to my, some people will love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for all of you who are listening, I, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. I know that there are many things that are left unsaid. 
Um, sorry about that. We're not doing an eight-hour discussion on the show, so yeah, there aren't things that, or there are things that we're not going to get to. Um, Add us on Discord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, go on Discord. Uh, and for heaven's sake, if you go on Discord, please keep it civil. Our Discord server is legendary, so to speak, for this, and it must stay this way. <laughs> so if you are going to come have a discussion, please have a discussion. If you don't like the show, that's fine. I'm not saying you can't dislike the show, but please keep it civil. I've seen what you say in other corners of the internet, and I don't want it there. <laughs> okay, so uh, so come hang out on Discord and be nice. Um, come hang out on YouTube, Patreon, whatever. you find all that stuff at thelegendarium.com. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening, and we will see you next time.